David wrote this under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that's what we need in this day and age. Your Holy Spirit working in us and showing the world that we don't fear because you are in us, O oh God. And now we miss you in this place, O oh God. I cast out all fear in the name of Jesus. For it's by your Spirit, O oh God, that things are accomplished. Not by our might, not by our words, not by our workings, not by our efforts, but by your Spirit and your Spirit alone, O oh God. And we lift you and magnify you in this place. That your name be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord is my
Isn't it good to be in church this morning? Well, I'm excited. We had seven folks come this morning that are going to be joining church next week. So, man, I'm excited about that. Amen. I got an amen. Thank y'all. I'm excited about that. Anytime that people want to join up with the church, I get all excited. And uh, one of the things that we talked about this morning, I told them, I said, if you come to our church and you don't feel, you know, welcome, you shouldn't be a member of this church. Don't everybody shout at once. Y'all, man, you laying some burdens on me. That's right. You know what I told our people this morning? Your responsibility as a member is to treat people friendly. Your responsibility as a member is when you see a new person walk through the doors, you go to them and you shake their hand and say, it is good to have you with us today. That's how we become the body of Christ. Otherwise, we're just another gathering. There's something here that happens that makes us family, right? And that's what it's all about. Set my timer, Chevy, so I don't preach over an hour. If you have your Bibles, the book of Micah chapter 2 is where I want to go this morning. I want to read one verse of scripture. I need some air. I'm about to die. Micah chapter 2 verse 13. I'm going to give you a simple scripture and I'm going to give you a simple topic today. Nothing too hard for anybody, even young people, to understand what I'm preaching today. The one who breaks, they will break out. Pass through the gate. And go by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Mm, That is powerful, powerful stuff right there. And the reason I know it's so powerful is because I know where I'm going with this. Y'all don't yet, but you're fixing to figure out. I want to talk today, if I could, on this topic. Simply be a God chaser. It is that simple. Be a God chaser. When I was growing up, we used to have this game that we called tag. Anybody remember that? Any of you big kids still play it with the kids around the house every now and then? Try it today. Just don't call me to come visit you at the hospital when you break your ankle, all right? Because you're trying to run faster than you can. Tag, you're it. All I remember is sometimes me and my cousin would play it all by ourselves. There was nobody else around but me and her, me and him, and we would play that game all by ourselves. Didn't have a crowd to play with, just us at Grandma's house. And I remember we'd tag and say, you're it. And all I can remember is my job when I was it was to chase down the other person. That's all you do. You chase them until you catch them. Today, I want to be a bit spiritual and tell you it's time for us to chase after God. Somebody needs to pursue Him. Somebody needs to, I I think we've gotten our games mixed up. I think we'd rather play hide and seek with God. If you can find me, I'll come out of here, right? You just find me. But today God flips it in Micah chapter 2 and says, I need some people that will come after me. I need some people that will, you know, we chase after a lot of things in life. a matter of fact, I was doing some thoughts the other day and writing notes, and one thing that I wrote down was we chase after money, right? Sometimes we make it our life. It consumes us to where that's all we're concerned about, and we literally spend our life 
chasing after that and we, we miss out on a lot of things. We miss out on our kids' softball game. We miss out on, on, on maybe a date night. We miss out on things because we are so driven by thinking that our success is, is in how much money we can accumulate and make. It was funny whenever I read the story of the guy that his son, when they were reading the will, the father requested, he loved money, he requested that his money be buried with him when he died. To which the son said, I'll honor that request. I'll write a check, but I'm keeping the cash. <clears throat> He'll never cash it in. And he wrote that check that day. He realized you can't take it with you. We chase after acceptance a lot of times, right? We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to love us. Well, I want to tell you something. Be accepted by everybody. And you're not going to always be in the popular clique at school. It is going to happen. Go ahead and mark it down. You are not always going to be popular. But Jesus said when you pick up a cross and you follow after him, there is one thing you have to do. You have to deny yourself. And you've got to follow him. A matter of fact, Jesus, Jesus even told his disciples, he said, are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to chase after me? If you are willing to do this, let me go ahead and give you a disclosure up front. Many of you in this room are going to die because of me. Do you still want to follow me? But thank God that there were some God chasers that said, wherever you go, Lord, that is where I'm going to go as well. Oh, I'm telling you, we chase after things. We chase after success. But God is raising up a generation in this last day and hour in these end times. I feel like the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, I am raising up some God chasers in this last day and hour. Some people that want me. See, there's a difference in the truth and the revelation of God. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But revelation is where God is right now. The supernatural disclosure to mere humans of where God is moving right now. Now that's amazing to me. I, I, I'm telling you, I can't even begin to fathom. This great God that created the universe, that he would take the time to come down right here in mere human's presence. We are unworthy of him. We don't deserve him. He doesn't owe us anything. But the God that we serve says, I want to be in your midst. I want to come right down in the middle of your churches. I want to come to where you are. I want to be with you. I want to dwell among you. I want you to be my people. And I want to be your God, the great creator of all time. When I look at the stars in the sky at night and I think, man, there's a God that put every one of them up there. And he knows them by name. And when I look at the sun and, and I see it shining and I think, man, how in the world can this thing be lit up over here? But it's dark over there. It absolutely blows my mind how that God perfectly made this round thing we call the earth. We call it our globes. You spin it in your house, and there's all kinds of things going on. Atmospheric changes. It's raining here. It's sunny over here. It's ice over here. It's, and I think, what a great mighty God that I serve. And to think that this God is willing to come into this house today and grace me with his presence. I am literally standing in awe today at that. 
But most Christians, most people, including the great masses of people that say they are a Christian, they are content to live with truth. They just settle. They are willing to settle for where God has been. But again, God is raising up God chasers. People who are not content. I know what he was doing. Or I know where he was. But God chasers want to know where God is right now. They want to obtain his glorious presence in their life. And they want it right now. It is Jacob who is walking and he's, he's by the river Jabbok. He, Sends his family across, he stays over, and they're wrestled with me. He said, that night a man, maybe an angel, I don't know who he was, what he was, but he began to wrestle with me. And we are fighting in this moment. And Jacob says to this angel, because the angel, whoever he is, says to him, let me go for the day breaks. To which Jacob replies, I will not let you go. Are you ready for this? I have been running from Esau my entire life. I have been running from Laban for years now. I have been running from everybody and from everything. I have ran from trouble after trouble until I'm tired of running from it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run to you. I think sometimes that we try to run from things when God is saying, I need somebody to run towards me and I'll take care of this for you. I've been a runner all my life away from things, but now I'm running towards you. I am chasing after you, God. Bless me. And what happened that night? He walked away. Your name is no longer Jacob. I'm changing it to Israel. You're going to be a prince and a ruler with God. You're going to be a great man. A matter of fact, we'll even add you to the list. I'm going to make you my chosen people. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Tonight, everything changes because you decided you're tired of running and you're going to run towards me. You are going to chase after me. A revelation happened that night. Not of the truth of where God was, but the revelation that right now I am standing in his presence. Many say it was a theophany. That is when God gives a manifestation to man that he is right there. Sometimes we have theophanies. We may not see God in the flesh. But it is a moment that when he comes into a room, whether it's me and Brian, and we're in a room praying together, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fills that room. That is a theophany. And we begin to cry, and there's a manifestation happening. And we understand that in this place, it is not just us, but this great creator has stepped into the room. It's a theophany because God has come and shown himself right in the middle of mere humans. Jacob had that theophany, and he walks away blessed. From that day forward, he chased God with all of his might. I think it is time for us to make a shift. I don't want to be out there settling for catching a scent of God. I, 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 sent him, I sense him. I, I catch a scent of him. I know that he was over there, right? Well, that was a great service back then. That was a great mountain that God moved back then. 
But I am not concerned about if God moved the mountain back then. I want to know, is he moving mountains now? I, I understand. Is he gone? It, is he dead? Is what God did in the New Testament church no longer available for me? Does he still move? Does he still perform miracles? I mean, will he move in my generation like he did in grandma's generation or even in my mother and father's generation? Is he still a God that can heal? Is he a God that when people come up with, with dreaded sickness, that the quickening power of God can touch their body and instantaneously they walk away healed by the power of God? Is that still the God that I serve? We begin to ask these things. If we're not careful, we'll begin to live in the past. Past truths. Well, we know that God could. We know that God used to. We can live in the past truth. See, I know the truths. Because my mama pounded them into me like you pound meat to tenderize it. Some of you don't even, some of you young people are saying, what? I don't know nothing about that. Some of you do know what I'm talking about. You pound that meat, it's called tenderizing. Mama pounded it into me. She pounded the word of God into me. I mean church, church, church. Jesus heals, Jesus saves, pounded into me. But I don't need past truths. What Jimmy Perdue needs is a revelation of him today. I need him to show up. I need a theophany. I need a manifestation. I need to know that he's with me now. And I've got good news for you today. We do not have to settle for where God has been. I've got good news for you. We do not have to just live in past truth. There is a present truth. There is a new revelation. There is a now revelation God is bringing. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. You have got to want him. You have to desire him. What would you do right now in this house if, just say for instance, you got a little boyfriend, little girlfriend, and every time you call them, they ignore your, your calls. You try to go to modern stuff, Gen Z, and you're sitting here and you're texting away, and the iPhones have got us. We accidentally left it to where you can see when I read your messages. We didn't mean to, but we did. Read 9.05 a.m. Well, it's 9.05 p.m., honey. You've been seeing this thing for 12 hours. Why aren't you responding to your man? Huh? Somebody, you know what I'm talking about. After a while, what do you do? You catch the drift. Now, you can keep on chasing after them, but after a while, you start thinking, they don't want me anymore, Right? They don't want to be around me. They don't want to talk to me. And I'm telling you, I think sometimes that God has that feeling about us because so often we can just separate ourselves from him so easily. And we can walk away from his word. And we can walk away from prayer. We walk away from church. We walk away from commitments to him. And our spirituality is like a gas tank that's on empty. But we keep on trying to go, go, go. When God is saying you need to get a good refilling of the Holy Ghost, ghosts in your life and God's sitting here saying I wish they wanted me and after a while I guess he feels like we really just don't want him anymore That's, it's really sad we've got to want him we've got to be a God chaser 
Now, you can recognize God chasers. They stand out among the crowd. I'm going to let you process that for just a minute. That's why when you get ready to have prayer for something, you don't call just anybody. You call a God chaser. Because you know who they are. You can tell who they are. You can tell by the way they pray around an altar. You can tell whenever somebody comes for prayer and they lay hands on them, they know how to intercede. You can tell they've been running after God. They've been chasing. You can tell they want Him. You can tell they desire a move of His Spirit. So when you get ready to have your breakthrough and you need somebody to pray for you, guess who you go to? You go to the God chasers. This is literally a spirit that breaks, according to our text, it breaks open the heavens. It breaks heaven open and heaven comes down to earth. What spirit? The spirit of the God chaser. The spirit of the guy that is saying whatever it takes, I want my family to be full of the spirit. Whatever it takes, I want my home to be filled with the love of God. I'm tired of division. I'm tired of angry. I'm tired of fussing. Holy Spirit, I'm chasing after you. Fill my home. Fill my life. Save my husband. Save my wife. Come on, somebody. A God chaser. I will not be content until I find you and I catch you and I see you in a present revelation right now in my life. It breaks open the heavens when we chase after God. It is a spirit that begins to do war with spiritual violence against the kingdom of the devil. That's right. All of those things that have been fighting against you, this spirit begins to fight against them. If you are going to get to God, I want you to understand this. If you are going to chase after God, and if you are going to get to God, you're going to have to go through the devil first. I'm waiting for somebody to be writing on their notepad because that was good. I don't see anybody writing. Let's try it again. Angie's writing. Good job, Angie. I don't even care if you text, act like you're texting right now, just as long as you're typing in your phone. I don't care. I said before, you can get to God. If you are going to get to God, you're going to need to go through the devil first because he stands between you and your miracle. If the miracle's the back door, this pulpit is the devil. And if I've got to get to God way out yonder, the devil's going to be right there. And not only is the devil going to be there, but every one of his imps of hell are going to be there too. See, I want you to understand something. On the 21 days that Daniel was fasting and praying, the Bible said, I heard you the first time you called, Daniel, but there's been some principalities and powers I've been fighting to get to you because between us and God stands the devil. But thank God that there's a woman with an issue of blood that showed us how to get the job done. You just fight through the crowds, and one by one you just move them out the way. Get thee behind me, Satan, until you get the hip. If you are a true God chaser, you will not let the enemy hold you back from getting to God. You won't do it. You will pray and you will run and you will chase until the heavens literally begin to break open. This is powerful. When the spirit of the breaker comes on the church, there will be a breakthrough in the heavenlies. 
we clear the passageway that God can come through to set up what we'll call a throne zone. His presence sets up on earth theophany style. His throne comes down to earth where we can worship him and get touched by it. Go, go to Micah 2. Put it back up there, scripture. I'm going to do this a couple times throughout. Are you ready? I want you to notice two words. Are you ready for this? Watch. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They, that's me and you, they will break out. So there's two words I want you to see. The first one is breaks open. The second is break out. So that means when he, God, breaks open the heavens and reveals himself and sets up his throne on earth among us, we will break out. When we chase God and the heavenlies break open and God comes down and now we've got a throne zone right here among mere fleshly humans on earth, we will break out of some things. We will break out of bad relationships. We will break out of depression. We will break out of anxiety. We will break out of stress. We can break out of sickness. We can break out in revival. Woo! I like that. When God breaks open the heaven, sets up the throne zone here in mere humans in this building today, we could literally break out in revival. Have y'all been watching some of the universities, Ashbury, they've got some other moves of God that are going on. Even Lee University was saying that in their colleges that they're having a, a move of God. And it seems like in universities that... In, and may I add, we need that more than ever. And when we think of the history, and I could tell you the history of Princeton, and I could tell you the history of some of, of these Yale colleges and all of these other universities, I could tell you about them, and you'd be surprised because all of them come from faith. Every one of them. Now, they might not let you pray in Jesus' name now, but back then, that's all they did. We need a revival. We do. But not only do we need a revival in universities, not only in the world, but we need God to break out a revival in our churches, a revival among our families, a revival among ourselves, that we recognize that God is in the house. Why do people come? Because when revival breaks out, they understand that God has broken some things open, and his throne is here, and people begin to come from miles away. Why? They are chasing after the God that is in the house God please break open the heavens break them open so that we can break out of some things and have breakthrough I gotta hurry the throne zone so I've got a God here that's saying right now what I want more than anything are people who are after me 
What I want more than anything are people who are after a fresh experience, a reviving of my presence. Your greatest encounter with God is nothing compared to the encounter that he has prepared for you. The truth may be, you had a great encounter 20 years ago. The truth may be, 10 years ago, you could tell me the moment, the place, the space, when a throne zone was set up and it was like the throne room itself and you were right in the middle of it with Jesus. The truth is, you could tell me about that. But I'm telling you, the revelation is this, that God said that encounter is not even going to compare to what I'm going to do for you if you keep chasing after me. Prove it, preacher. Oh, I love you types. I love you types. There's this guy named Peter. He goes to the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus shines and glows like an angel before them. Peter gets all excited and says, Oh, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I'm going to go ahead. And he sees Elijah and he sees Moses and, and he, and he sees, uh, sees Jesus. He said, Let's just go ahead. We'll just build these three tents. Y'all can sleep there. Me, Peter, James, and John, hey, we'll just sleep underneath the stars and get the dew of the night falling on us. We don't care. But just let's live here. He thought to himself, this is the greatest experience I have ever had with God. He thought to himself, this is the greatest experience I will ever have with God. Because his idea of wanting to live there and stay there, that means he wants to dwell there. He doesn't want to leave there. As if this is the greatest thing God is ever going to do in his life. Let's stay on the Mount of Transfiguration. To which Jesus looks at him and he sees Jesus only. And he says, Peter, listen. No, no, no. This isn't the end here. Let's go on down the mountain, man. We got a lot of work to do for the kingdom of God. He's pouting all the way down thinking, my goodness, what? we're never going to have it. And then he begins to look back. The truth is, I remember when God showed up there. I remember when Jesus, we had a throne zone right on top of that mountain. He was right there merely among humans. We saw the face of God glowing in our presence. He was illuminated in our very sight. The truth is, boys, we're never going to have an experience like that. But God said, wait a minute. When I leave... Greater works than these Whew. shall you do because I go to the Father in heaven. And then in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, they had never experienced it before. But the new revelation came to where they were. And even though Jesus was gone in the flesh, he still set his throne zone right in the middle of people. And he said, Peter, get up and preach to these people. This is that which was spoken by the prophet of Joel. Your sons and daughters are prophesied. This is that. He was filled with the Holy Ghost preached a revival he's got 5,000 getting saved later 3,000 getting saved what in the world is going on he looks back and says I remember the truth of where God was but thank God for a new revelation thank God for a new encounter but see the thing about Peter is this he ran from God for a while you know he did he denied him but after that, he strengthened himself, and he began to strengthen the brother, and he began to chase after God, chase, chase after God, chase after God. The point is, as long as you're chasing after God, fresh encounters will happen. As long as you're chasing after God, a new revelation will come. 
can I preach for just a minute? See, the reason that some people haven't had a fresh encounter is because they have settled for the truth of what has been. They have quit chasing after God. They think, oh, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I've been saved for 50 years. Seriously, get over yourself. What you need to do is find a throne zone again. And you need to say, God, do it for me again. Maybe God can work another miracle for you. Maybe God can work a miracle for your grandchildren. But first, you've got to understand the God that I serve is greater than he's ever been before. He is more powerful than he's ever been before. He wants his people to chase him. Run after him. God help Jimmy today. The story, Song of Solomon, chapter 5, 3 through 5. I won't read it for time's sake. The bridegroom comes to the door. The Bible says that the bride catches a scent of him. It's like smelling his cologne, so to speak. In the Bible, they called it myrrh. That was the perfumes often that they would use. In which she catches a scent. My beloved is at the door. But she was a little lazy. She is inside her room. She's taken off her sandals, her bedroom shoes for modern terminology. She smells him, but she is just a little lazy. And she won't get up. But finally she decides, I might as well go to the door. She goes to the door eventually. She gets up, puts her slippers on. She goes to the door. By the time she opens the door, it is too late. He is no longer at the door. You know the story. But when she touched the handle and she smelled her fingers, she said, I can still smell the myrrh that his presence left. What does that mean? He has been here. But she missed it. It could have been a new revelation. It could have been a new moment. A throne zone moment. A moment with God. Just her and him. Alone in his presence. But she misses the opportunity. But she can smell where he has been. Is there anything more sad than a church that God used to move in? But now, he doesn't. Isn't it sad? A person that knows the Bible, but they walked away. He was there. Every now and then, even in conversation, you can catch a scent. He used to be there. They know about God. But now, he's gone. In biblical times, once a year, the high priest would enter into, he'd go what, what we'll call the throne zone, right? It is the place, the holiest of holies. N not everybody can go there like we can today. We can go directly to the throne of God. We've got access, right? Anytime we want to, we've got access to the throne of God. In their day, the high priest is the only guy that can go behind that curtain or go behind that veil. It is one day a year. It is called Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, they still celebrate it in Jewish season now. They still celebrate Yom Kippur. And what it is, is it's the day that the high priest goes behind the veil into the presence of God. If he had sin in his life, he would die and that's it. They wrap the bell around his little ankle. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, not another one. Let's pull him out, Paul. But as long as he was a God chaser, and as long as everything's right, he walks into the presence of God, the bell, you hear it dingling, 
And there's people outside of the veil. And there's people that are saying to themselves, Oh God, I wish I could do that. I wish I could get into his presence. I, I wish I could be the guy. I mean, come on, I've been praying this week. Put the veil around me, man. I, I want to go in there. I want to see what's happening. And all they get is smoke of the incense. And it goes up. And they understand, oh, God's there. Everything's going good. He's offering his sacrifice. God is in there. That's the throne room. That's the throne zone. Everybody else looking, oh, hoping they could just be there. But you know what the Bible says about the high priest? It says that he was forbidden to sleep all night long. The night before, he was to enter behind that veil. The other priests would gather around him, read scripture to him. They kept him up all night so that no defilement would come on him before he entered into God's presence the next morning. What a message. The only way we are going to get to make it into this presence. Number one, relationships. That means we need one another. He had his partners around him praying with him. The word of God. we got to saturate ourselves in the word. And thirdly, we've got to have prayer. It is simple, but it is powerful. That's the only way we could get into the throne zone. And I'm going to leave you with this point. I'll close. Truth is where he has been. Revelation is where he is. Again, I reiterate. You have to want him. You have to. You can recognize, again, you can recognize those who are God chasers. They are like hound dogs that get a hold of a what? Three people have got it. Brian, this is going good. They catch a scent of something. I wish Fred Couch was here today. I won't ever forget Fred. Come, he comes in the office periodically. And he told me, he said, Pastor, Pastor, you ought to hear them dogs. What? He said, there ain't nothing like the sound of a dog after he's caught a scent. They carry on, preacher. Woo! He even made that sound. I'm not joking. He probably heard He's like, woo! I'm thinking, my goodness, this is exciting. Well, one day old Fred came in and set a cassette tape player. I ain't even got one of those anymore. Those are gone, baby. I got iTunes and iMusic and Amazon Music, any other kind of, yeah, podcast. It's right here on my phone. I don't need a tape recorder. He goes old school on me, and he brings it, one of them little ones you record. He's a preacher, sat down across his legs, said, I just want you to listen to this, and he pushes the button. I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world am I listening to? I don't have time for this. What, what, what? And the whole time, I look over at him, and it made it worth it just to see that grin on his face. He was the happiest man I've ever seen in my life. His leg cross kicked back. He just chilling. He said, whoa, preacher, don't you love it? I said, yeah, man, I love it. The point is, they caught a scent of a rabbit. That's what they use there. They don't really hunt. All those older guys go for is to hear the dogs. Because something excites them when they begin to chase after that little rabbit. And this is what got me, and I was reading, I said, oh, God, have mercy. It's just like that hound dog. That, that they get hold of this scent, and that scent leads them to what they are looking for. Their tails are wagging nervously. They are hyper, super hyper. They're breathing heavier and heavier. 
They're whooping and they're barking. And you hear hunting dogs make the greatest noise. It is not when they have found the track or the path or the burrow that the rabbit has dug. You hear them the best when they catch a scent of what they are hunting for. I want to tell somebody, many of us in the church know where he has been. It has been pounded in us. We have caught sense of him. We can tell stories, true stories. Oh my gosh, of the days that, that they shouted. I, I had old people tell me, said, Preacher, you should have been there. I saw a lady grab a coal one night. It didn't even burn her. I saw somebody shouting and they danced over on a hot Hot belly stove and it didn't even burn them, right? You could tell me stories of where God has been. But God is allowing some people like the hound dog today to catch a scent of him. And when you catch a scent of who he is and what he's able to do, bless God, you ought to start running and running hard as you can to find him. Catch a scent of him. Go after him. Draw near to him. God pursues us. Go to the pen. I'm closing. God pursues us. He always has. On the cross, he did it. He did it for us. Praise the Lord. Play, play gently there. There's this disciple named Thomas. They said, Thomas... Jesus has risen from the dead, just like he said. To which Thomas replies, oh, You expect me to believe a dead man's walking unless I touch him, unless I put my hands into his side, and I put my hands and fingers into his hands that have been pierced. Only then will I believe. Now, Thomas could have chased after God, right? He could have obviously said, Peter, where'd you last see him at? He's always over there in the garden. I'm going to the garden. I'll be back. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to chase after him. I can't believe he's back. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've got, to, I've got to embrace him. But Thomas didn't chase after God. But thank the Lord that God chased after him. Woo! And he came through that wall and he said, Thomas! I came just for you. Come here and do what you said you wanted to do. Put your hand in. And he said, my Lord and my God. He called a scent. He had a new revelation of who he was. And do you know what Thomas ended up doing? He became a missionary to India. Do you know how Thomas died? History says they took their spears and they stabbed him to death. He was a God chaser. It cost him his life. But from that moment, he, God changed him and he was on his trail, on his trail, chasing down. Some ran from God like Jonah and said, I'm not going to Nineveh, I'm going to Tarshish. But thank God, God pursued him. Got him in the middle of the ocean. 
A whale swallows him. He's down in this belly. God said, I'm going to give you another chance. And whenever he spits him up, he said, I'm going to chase after God. I'm going to do the call of God. He started running to Nineveh, made it in a day's journey when it should have taken three. Peter, who do you say that I am? Well, Lord, some say that you're Elias. Oh, there's even been a rumor. Some say you're John the Baptist. And you've been raised from the dead. But Peter, who do you say that I am? You are. God, I feel like preaching today. You are the son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. But my Father which is in heaven, and I say to you, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God help us to chase after you. A revelation. Sometimes we just need a revelation of who he is. John walked with Jesus. He knew where he had been. He had went from place to place, town to town. He knew who he was. But John really didn't know much. He just kept chasing after God. He's the one disciple that Jesus said, you're not going to die for me. You may come close to death. They may try to kill you, and they will. But you're going to die an old man. You're going to die of natural causes, right? He just kept chasing after God. They exiled him to an island. Y'all remember this story? Called Patmos, or Patmos. When he gets to Patmos, I don't know how he survives. It's a lonely island. I don't know. He doesn't have a Walmart to go to the grocery store. I don't know what he did. He couldn't Uber in somebody to take their boat across the ocean and bring him a sandwich. I don't know. But what I do know is I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. There appeared to me this guy. He's got white hair. His eyes saw right through me. They were like a flaming fire. He recognizes who he is. And when you look in your Bible, it's not the book of John. We've got it. That's one of the Gospels. It is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Woo! John knew of him, but my God, he had a new revelation of who Jesus was, and he saw him in a way he had never saw him before. Micah 2.13, let me read it and leave. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. He breaks open the heaven. He sets up a throne zone on earth. We begin to break out of things. Break out of addictions. We begin to break out in revival. But, but where is God? Is he pursuing us from behind? Hey, come here, people. Hey, hey, I'm your God. Be my people. 
No. Is he pursuing us from the tail? From the back? The Bible said their king will pass before them and the Lord will be at their head or in front of them. What does that mean? God's people are chasing after him. Where will we go after Egypt, Lord? And God said there's going to be a cloud of fire by night and there's going to be a cloud by day. Whenever the cloud moves, what do you do? You chase the cloud. If the cloud goes left, you run left. If it goes right, you run right. If it goes this way, you run. It, what, what, what. Your job is to chase after me. And if you will chase after me, I am taking you to a land that your fathers could only imagine and dream about. I'm going to give you a new revelation. I'm taking you to a land that flows with milk and honey. Let's stand. I've got, oh God. Jesus, make us God chasers. Let us pursue you like we never have before. Because when we begin to pursue you, the past sense that we have caught of you, the past places, the truths that you have been, quite frankly, they won't even mean as much anymore. Because the present revelation that you're going to give us is going to be so much greater than the past truth that we had. And then it becomes a past truth. And then we keep chasing you until we get a new revelation. A now revelation. Sing it, Brian. Sing it. Jesus, I praise you. Do I have a God chaser in the house? Do I have somebody that wants to pursue him? If you want to pursue him, the altar's open. If you want to pursue him, the altar is open. A God chaser. A God chaser. A God chaser. A new revelation. A new revelation. Not the place that I have been, but the place that I am going. Do I have a God chaser in the house? Do I have a God chaser in the house? Oh, sir, a passion. A passion in my heart, God. Let it overflow, let it overflow, oh, let it rise, let it rise, holy fire burn inside, let it rise, let it rise, all for Jesus. Let it rise for Jesus. Let it rise, holy fire burn inside. Let it rise, let it rise, all for Jesus. Give us a now revelation. Oh, for Jesus. 
Pursue him. Chase after him. Let it rise. 